Hello, um, third tries to charm, but uh, welcome back to Mox Audio Logs. This is episode seven, and today we have Arian Pandya. Arian, who are you? Um, uh, so I'm Arian. I am a third year here at UVA, mm-hmm. double majoring in Com and Econ uh, with a concentration in Finance. Um, more backstory on me: I was born in Florida, uh, West Palm Beach, to be more specific, uh, which is west of actually where Donald Trump lives. Okay. Um, not a cool fun fact, but I thought I'd throw it in there. Um, so yeah, born in West Palm Beach, Florida. When I was four years old, I moved to Dallas, Texas. Grew up there most of my life for about 10 years. Um, and then when I was 13, my dad took a job in D.C. So uh, while we were figuring out where to live, I lived in Bethesda, Maryland for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a school called Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman. And then uh, okay. in my sophomore year of high school, I moved to Vienna, Virginia. Went mm-hmm. to James Madison High School and graduated from there. Um, all along since I was like 11 years old, I thought I was a pre-med kid. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of doctors in my family. My mom's a nurse and I was a stupid young kid who didn't really know what there was to be besides like a doctor, an engineer, a couple other things. Yeah. Yeah. Businessman (laughs) generally. Um, so anyways, um, took econ in my junior year of high school and absolutely loved it and decided that I was going to econ bio double major. So on a pre-med track, um, my senior year of high school was when COVID hit. And mm-hmm. so I had a long time to think to myself about, you know, what my next four years of college are going to look like, what things I wish I did differently in high school, what things I want to keep uh, from that, and just generally framing things. And one thing that I thought about was my major. And I was like, you know, if you like econ so much, you're never going to use it again after college or nothing even adjacent to it. If you go the med school route, maybe yeah. consider something uh, more adjacent to that or within that realm, and you might like it more. Um, so my first semester, I tried to try and dabbled in some other things, um, but... Uh, you know, thinking more adjacent to econ, I found uh, kind of finance and, and I guess calm, but we can talk about calm later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but buff found finance generally and really liked it um, and found a passion for specifically like impact investing. Um, I'd say that kind of became my career path. Um, and then, you know, first year was still very much COVID like. And then since then, uh, after like after my second year, I really decided to like branch out and try a bunch of new things. Um, so some things that I've done and have helped shaped me to the person that I've become or um, I've I played Survivor at UVA for a semester last mm-hmm. spring while I was uh, pledging the fraternity that we're the, both in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I also uh, have a love for pickleball, uh, mm-hmm. hiking uh, and just generally spending time with my friends. Mm. Uh, on grounds, I'm engaged with a finance club. I am in a secret society. I uh, am uh, the chair of equity and outreach for Eccles Council. And Eccles Council, by the way, Eccles is like the uh, like a honors kind of scholar program, program, program here yeah. at UVA. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I think I might be forgetting a couple engagements, but that's that's the mm-hmm. rough. Uh, but the, the the rough story. The rough okay. story of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you like? Whenever whenever you um, like reflect because you seem uh, I, I, I can tell that you do a little bit of self-reflection here uh-huh. and there do you think that like do you ever have a bad year or and or do you kind of make it so that the year behind has been a good one no matter what do you convince yourself that yeah for sure I was about to say that I convinced myself for sure you say you say mm-hmm. you're having a bad year mm-hmm. uh arguably I feel like you know not a hundred percent a bad year, but like this has not been the best year mm-hmm. uh, of my life. Um, I can look back and say COVID fucking blew. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, am I allowed to curse here? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. COVID blew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like I look back at it and like I'm super fond of the summer that was after my senior year when mm-hmm. I was like stuck at home and did mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Like I, I'm now looking back on, it, I'm very fond of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back even on my past year, which is you know up and down a lot. Yeah, yeah. Still very fond of it. A lot of good memories mm-hmm. came from it. 
um, it's hard to ever look back at something so long, like a year, yeah. and be like, that was 100% terrible. Yeah. Every minute sucked. And also, yeah, like it's hard to say 100% great. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though in the moment I can be like, man, I can't wait for you know this part to be over, this time yeah. to be over, there's always something to look forward to. And even mm-hmm. if you look back on it and say, man, that wasn't great, just means that the future is going to be better so how do you how do you feel about the statement um my my half brother who's like around 60 now mm-hmm. he's a i don't know if i've told you this before but I didn't to, know that, to, yeah. to tell the uh podcast he is a he was a, he's an ex-religious professor at mm-hmm. um he's like he was jewish now muslim he's i would consider him like a mystic in that like he like makes paintings now he's a really cool guy uh-huh. but basically he's knowledgeable also like i don't know if i should say this on um on a recording but like slight suspect of maybe being in some um governmental organization but you know whatever that's fine okay um but the point is is this guy's like really knowledgeable and whenever i was like a i want to okay just uh, just making sure um and whenever i was a little kid i would kind of go to him for advice sometimes whenever he would visit and one of the things he said to do was live in the moment and live presently how do you feel about that I think that's fantastic advice. I think that that's something that I struggle with constantly, but I can, you know, look back on the days and the moments and the conversations where I was most present, and those are the times that I enjoy the most. Um, again, I'm, I'm. So, wait, what what does what does being present mean to you? Because here, I'll I'll, I'll go first on this. Yeah. So I try um, whatever. I think there's multiple definitions of this, but quote unquote conscious living. Um, I try whenever I'm in a situation, I try and acknowledge that I am in that situation and Mm -hmm. that like these things are going on around me and this is what my current existence is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's good or bad, I try and kind of take a step back from my current like physical plane, I would say, Mm -hmm. and understand what I'm trying, what I'm, what, what like I'm going through in terms of like maybe just like a ridiculous situation. I mean, like it happened to me, um, the other day. Uh, where I was sitting at the lawn late at night and um, me and uh, Munch mm-hmm. were, um, <laughs> we, we were just waiting because um, uh, like, and they're just like, they're just naked people running by because like it was the lawn and people yeah, were yeah, streaking. Yeah. But like in that moment, I was thinking about how absurd that is. Yeah. And that's one moment that I was super happy to be living presently because I was able to like take a step back and realize I'm sitting in a lawn chair right now and there are naked people running by me and like whispering in some people that, uh, good night, Mr. Jefferson, right in front of me. So what, what does it mean to you to live presently? I think, you know, elements of what you described, like being aware of this is the situation that I'm in. This is, I'm here present right now. Um, and acknowledging that, but I don't think that that necessarily needs to be as conscious of a thing. Like that's not at least something that I do. Like mm-hmm. I don't come in and be like, like reminding myself of this. Um, but it can, I, I think it's, it's more the idea of like having an objective or a point of focus. And I'm using this very broadly. This can mm-hmm. be a person, this can be a task at hand, whether it's like, you know, homework or, or trying to clean your room or like, you know, whatever it is, but having some objective or, 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 or task at hand, um, and giving your all to it, um, you know, little like things that you can do to avoid not being present, like putting your phone away or, yeah. you know, if I'm having a conversation like I am with you right now, like I'm staring deep into your eyes. I'm not mm-hmm. like glancing around at the Brita over there, or, like mm-hmm. looking around the room, right? I'm giving you my entire attention so that I can show up the best that I can, um, but also be my most present self. Um, you, I think when you're not present, 
you know, say, you know, having a conversation, and I'm like, man, I like really have this essay I need to get done yeah. later. I'm not you're, gonna you're, do it you're now. thinking about something else that's Think, not in the moment. Exactly. Then you rob yourself of the moment that you're in. And ultimately, when you're in that moment, that say, and and I'm using stress as the example because sure. I think that we as students often stress ourselves out. <laughs> yeah. but it's like if you're Maybe. stressing about something that's happening later while you're in an objectively good or better moment, mm-hmm. right? Then you're robbing yourself of those good moments, and inevitably later, mm-hmm. when you're stressing because you had something to stress about, like an essay or something, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, "Man, I wish I was back in that moment where I could right. have had the opportunity to enjoy it." Like I have a lot of friends that'll, like this past week, like they'll come hang out and they'll be like this essay need to go right it's yeah. like, I'm gonna go write it at 7 I'm gonna write it at 7 mm-hmm. but I'm like it's 5 yeah. why are you talking about your essay when you don't have to do it for 2 hours we mm-hmm. can hang out and be present and talk and I think that that's when like when people aren't preoccupied you also don't miss out on the opportunity to like get the mo- most out of those moments it's, I'm thinking specifically conversations right like if I'm thinking about you know an essay that I have to write later or my dinner plans later or something like that then I'm gonna be suppressing potential thoughts that I could be having with you that I could learn from or you could learn from or could enhance our conversation, for example. Okay. So whenever, so you're, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're basically saying that your point of focus should be in the moment and relatively on something relatively positive or not necessarily positive because you said focusing on homework too, but focusing on something in the moment and not focusing on something ahead. Mm-hmm. So do you find that I, I found that whenever I've had challenging, grueling moments, let's say like a SAT test or just an overall test, mm-hmm. I would think I'm going to at 12 o'clock, I'm going to be sitting in my car. And then I actually this is directly to your point, because I wa- didn't want that. I didn't want to experience the SAT test, mm-hmm. you know, so I would just focus on being at the car in my car at 12, uh, 12, 12 o'clock noon. Mm-hmm. And I would get there and I'd be like, damn, I've made it to this moment and mm-hmm. the, the, the time has passed. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I see where you're coming from now. That's definitely like a way to like get yourself through a hard time. Like yeah. I, I do the same thing, right? Like when I was going through finals, I was like, you know, one way – because and I think that it's more of a rationalization to get yourself to be more present in the moment. Mm-hmm. But my logic was always like, you know, say I'm, my last final is on Wednesday, I would be like – you know, Wednesday is coming one way or another. One way or another, this stress will go away. Mm-hmm. I will be done. This is not forever. Because in that moment, it feels all-consuming. It's the right. idea of, man, this is never going to end. I want to stop feeling this way. It's a reminder that you will at some point stop feeling this way. Right. And hopefully that dissipates some of it in the moment. But, like, it's not to take away from the fact that, like, you shouldn't not pay attention to your SAT, right? Like, you should right. look at it and be like, take this. But I think a, a more, like, a better way of, of kind of, explain the two different rationalizations as you can be like yeah one way or another noon is coming and i'll be done with this sat but at the same time you can also be like but in order to get through this sat and successfully get to noon i should take it one question at a time don't Mm -hmm. focus on the fact that i have 400 questions left yeah focus on each individual question Mm -hmm. i I really like i really like the idea of like the sun will will rise no matter what exactly yeah um that the world will keep on rotating no matter what yeah and i think that like that kind of leads to an overarching life question Mm -hmm. so how, how do you feel about existence? Does it does it make you like uncomfortable in the fact that overall you will get to the final final checkpoint, or does it kind of make you happy? I I've gone back and forth on this. Um, I like the idea of dying for a number of reasons. Like I mm-hmm. think that it gives a purpose of like you know, and you're talking about dying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the purpose being like you know one way or another. Like, it at least gives you something to work towards, right? Like, there mm-hmm. is an end point. There is, you know, th- therefore you can set a, like, a... Do you, think th- do you think that there would not be something to work towards if you were immortal, per se? 
I, I don't know. I like I, I think that having my entire like life framework being like there is mortality, mm-hmm. um, you know, limit like adds some bias or at least limits my like full scope yeah. of understanding to this. But like, I I don't know. I like get burnt out in life right now. Like I'm about to go home <laughs> this weekend and absolutely do nothing for two weeks because yeah. I'm really burnt out. Like mm-hmm. I think that if I had to do this shit forever, I'd be like, man. I put like a thousand years into this bitch. Like, do I really need to keep pushing the needle forward? Like Mm -hmm. helping people, like whatever. So I think one of the main reasons I like mortality is like the concept of like, I don't think I would want to outlive my kids. Okay. Like, I think if I outlived, like if it was like the only individual opportunity for immortality Mm -hmm. and no one else, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, if I had to see all my loved ones die Mm -hmm. and basically restart my life, because at some point, you know, the life that I built up, stops existing right i don't know that i could do that forever so here's a question scientists yeah. come to you and they're like have you, do you know what halo is like the game halo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know uh is it cortana and halo no it's, it's not a weapon is it no cortana is like the little hologram woman who like is so i never played the halo story i played okay. halo party okay 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 yeah so like cortana is i never actually played either but like i think so correct mm-hmm. me if i'm wrong um but it's like it's like just a little AI bot that like goes in like his helmet and like can be transferred around. Mm-hmm. Would you, if some if a scientist came to you today and asked you, "Hey, Arian, we think we think you're the great candidate for the job." Yeah. Do you, would you like to be uploaded as an AI? So currently, you would basically stop your life existing as a human. Yeah. And then exist forever as a helpful tool for people in the future. I have to stop right now. Yeah. I'd say no. No. I like later. I'd be down to, mm-hmm. but like I, I feel like. There's a lot that I want to do mm-hmm. and experience more specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, and you asked, like, how do I feel about existence? Um, you know, maybe, like, uh, extrapolating to, like, what is the purpose of life sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I think it's, like, maximizing happiness, and that takes a lot of forms. Um, and, like, for me, it's just, like, I want to experience a bunch of things. And it's, like, yeah, it might not have a purpose, right? But, like, I don't know, one day it's going to end. I'm, I'm, I have the, the privilege to be here. Like, why not try it and... Uh, maximize as much as possible keep on going keep on going oh, okay uh, I think that some of the um, like not not some of almost everything that I want to do and like in order to maximize that happiness is going to be like through like my physical body and, right like, existing right I don't know that being an AI would help me accomplish that so I think I'd say right. no so so you're basically what you what you kind of said you're gonna you took the words out of my mouth yeah where so your purpose is kind of finding happiness yeah or at least maximizing it, not necessarily mm-hmm. finding it, because happiness can take in a lot of forms, and, right. and no one form might be everlasting. And mm-hmm. also, I'm 20; like right. I, don't, I don't have the answers. <laughs> but at least for right now, I think that my long-term goals are to maximize happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. This is this is kind of a strange statement, it might be a little sadistic, but mm-hmm. would you ever like make yourself go through something hard so that the the highs can be happier? As no. in, like. As in, like, um, okay, so I view happiness as, um, uh, like, a little bit of relativity. Mm-hmm. The, the absence the first, of sadness or anger? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, well, I mean, like, um, not necessarily. I mean, so the people, the enjoyment that I get out of eating a uh, Big Mac is mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Love food. Yeah. Food's my comfort. Yeah. But someone coming out of, uh, like, like the... Uh, like the concentration camps during uh, like World War II, mm-hmm. their experience and joy of eating a Big Mac would be way bigger. Ten, ten times. The threshold times is just lower. Yeah. Right. So like the, the the question is is would you ever would you ever like detriment yourself a little bit to then like like not on purpose but mm-hmm. do you think you would ever detriment yourself to then make life experiences better? I don't think I would. 
Um, and for the main reason, like, there's value in saying, like, yeah, you know, it's all relative, um, you know, mm-hmm. that you need to experience lows to fully appreciate the highs sort right. of thing. But I would never do it on purpose because I think life does a pretty good job of doing it on its own. <laughs> yeah. Um, if my life wasn't doing it, I still don't think that I would seek out suffering. I think mm-hmm. there are ways of just like, kind of. I think you uh, can just have an understanding for what it is. Like, like there are ways to gain appreciation for what it is that you have mm-hmm. without having to suffer for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just you can recognize that other people might not have it as good as you, for example, right, or something like that, and that can make you more appreciative. Is that going to make like the serotonin like chemical boost mm-hmm. in your brain like as high? Probably not, but. I think that if you ever were to talk, like, for example, if you were thinking about putting yourself through the suffering that you saw someone else go through, just so that you can have the amount of enjoyment that you saw them go through, Mm -hmm. I don't think that any one of them would recommend, like, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. Like, right? Like, if if it meant, like, breaking your leg to appreciate running a lot, (laughs) right? I don't think any of them are going to be like, yeah, you should do it. Mm -hmm. Like, it was way worth it for me to enjoy running this much. I mean, I think think you do slightly. Um, So, I mean, working out, for example. Um... Actually, uh, here, I'll, I'll take the picture right now. Please. <laughs> uh, but uh, the point is, is Arian is a stronger guy. It's it's clear that he works out. <laughs> so the, the point is, is, so there, right now, right there, you are, uh, it might be a different type of harm, but you are going through something tough so that a reward can be found in the end. Because if there, if there was, I mean, you might, I don't know what the re- your reasons are for working out, mm-hmm. but I know, I know some people do it for a runner's high, whatever. So we're, we're taking away the idea of, as a, of a runner's high for this uh, thought experiment. Mm-hmm. But the whole purpose of like weightlifting is just doing something really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And then you gain a feeling of a little bit of like euphoria once you've done it. Or yeah. like look at yourself like two weeks later, you're like, damn, I've done this. And, yeah, you, that's and, fair. and you put yourself through a hard situation to then feel the benefits. I, I guess. Yeah, no, no, no. I, that's, a, that's a really great perspective. That makes me think a little. Um, I think that I would still contextualize some of it relative to like the examples that we've put through. Like, mm-hmm. Putting the concentration camps aside, yeah. like, like, like breaking a leg, or like you know, like, yeah, yeah. something like, like ridiculously difficult. Um, I think that like you, you're right. Like mm-hmm. you know, when I say I do like a really hard leg day, right? Sometimes I like, think to myself before going to that leg day, it's like this is the hardest part of your week. Like I could literally have an exam that week, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, this is the hardest part of your week. Right. You get through this, your week's done. Like yeah. it's so easy, right? And it, it truly does feel that way. When mm-hmm. I work out in the morning, the rest of my day feels so much easier than if I go through my day and then work out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think that the difference though is like like yes it's it's a quote unquote suffering however it's suffering with a with a goal of accomplishment towards the end there is a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. it's constructive suffering if okay. you will um but it's like i don't i mean you go through like the actual studying part of going through an education is yeah. i would say minor suffering difficult yeah but yeah. it's there's a sense of accomplishment at the end mm-hmm. there is there's something gratifying i'm curious like to ask you um not to go into details obviously yeah. but you just went through pledging yeah how does that feel like how do you contextualize that like would you do that to feel the the high and sense of accomplishment that you felt on initiation day mm-hmm. would you do that again putting like and i'm i'm going to contextualize this in the sense that like i yeah. actually found a lot of personal and life lessons and self-growth through pledging mm-hmm. and i actually would do pledging over again happily for a number of reasons but it wasn't necessarily for like a lot of the specific bullshit hardships yeah. that i went through yeah would you do all that again simply for the high of the lights come back on in the basement or you walk out on initiation day mm-hmm. and they're like, it's done. Yeah. You can sleep again. Mm-hmm. Like, are those things that were worth it to you? Um, 
I don't know because I think I think I did learn a lot about myself, but I'm still I'm still very much in in the boat of like that's a, that's a very hard question because I think number one that I gained a ton out of the experience, mm-hmm. but number two I like I didn't have I like uh the 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 negative effects of the um. Obviously, because like, no, 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 yeah. nothing bad ever happens. Obviously, no, 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 no. Of course, um, of course, it's self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like those, like, like just studying really, really late at night. Yeah. So, some, sometimes, like, I don't know. I would have like times where like, like I got tired. Like I, I noticed after pledging was done, just because like I studied so much late at night with Beta, mm-hmm. not, not or just like overall time and like effort or me- like mental effort. I noticed that after, like, whenever I was going to math class, I like, I was, I was functional. I was able to help because it was, a, it was a worksheet based class. Mm-hmm. And then the week after, there was this haze that lifted, and I was able to do the problems so much easier. Word choice, yeah. Um, and like, I, I, I was, I was so dumbfounded. I like sat there for a second. I was like, wait a second, my brain, my brain's working so much better right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like sleep's a crazy thing. Yeah. And like overall mental stress. Do and you find that you appreciate sleep a lot more? I now? find, I do find that I appreciate. Do you think sleep that was more. worth it? So, <laughs> would you put yourself through another semester of sleep deprivation? I, I was, it? yeah. So I. Okay, so maybe I think you're. I, I see what you're getting at. To it had no I, sense I, of accomplishment towards the end of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you would put yourself through maybe some of the harder aspects of it. Of, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was gratifying to make a bunch of new friends to get right. so close with them. Right. Maybe it was gratifying to find strength in yourself and to know mm-hmm. that you can push yourself to whatever right. you put your mind to. Right. Those were gratifying. Those mm-hmm. were constructive. However, it wasn't super gratifying and constructive to not sleep for a long time yeah. simply <laughs> to go back to a normal sleep schedule. Right. So I think that I think the the core of it is like what is more Mm -hmm. constructive what has a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. at the end of it do you think so i've found one thing is that humans are always able to find suffering no Mm -hmm. matter who they are if like you say find suffering yeah okay so well buddha said life is suffering yes yeah so like or just just like just examples to, to prove that for anyone who doesn't believe i think that like I think that obviously there are people who are actually suffering, like mm-hmm. like people who can't afford food, who like don't have don't like great stable situations at home. People like that are also like very much suffering. But I very much think that people who are in the um, it might not be it very much is not as legitimate, but I think they are like people who are higher class are still able to find suffering somehow in their own lives. And I, what what do you think about that? What do you think that reflects on the hum, humans overall? Because it kind of shows that like people want to struggle, and and how how does how does that make you feel that like people people search? Uh, I I fully believe this that people do search for a struggle no matter what's going on. I mean people cause drama to like to cause struggle struggle. People people do overall things to just like do basically they they work really hard to to make a family. They 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 basically just make struggles within their lives. And how do, how do you feel? about that concept i think i'm reluctant to agree that it's a search for struggle mm-hmm. well a, I a subconscious agree. search for struggle yeah maybe that or i like i like to frame it as like a, a fixation on struggle mm-hmm. um well it's first to define like i agree you can have suffering at very large extremes High class, low class, yeah. very different levels of suffering right very different levels of enjoyment mm-hmm. i think su- suffering is you know, arguably to define it is like the absence of enjoyment. Like if I'm not enjoying mm-hmm. myself, most likely I'm, I'm suffering, quote unquote, suffering yeah. whether I'm studying for an exam or like I'm like in actual agonizing pain, yeah. right? Like there, there's spectrums to it. Um, 
But I think that, you know, people tend to focus on the negative, right? Like, I'm going to look back and I can give, uh, uh, like, say I had to go up and give a presentation in front of my class. I could do a great presentation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember the good parts, most likely. Mm-hmm. If I if there were bad parts and I noticed them, that's the only part I will remember. Yeah. Every presentation I've ever given, I've been like, damn, that was probably one of the worst presentations <laughs> of my life. People will come to me and they'll be like, that was great. You did awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? <laughs> I don't feel that way because I focused on the negative. Mm-hmm. People tend to do that too. You know, you asked me earlier, did you, like, how's your day been? I told you, good. Mm-hmm. If you asked me that at 10 a.m. today, I'd been like, fucking terrible. I just woke up. I didn't want to w- wake up. I had to go to work. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to work. Right. Right. In that moment, it was like I was focusing on the negative, right? And it takes some training. You can learn to not focus on the neg- the negative, but like, I I think that people tend to to like fixate on focus that. on on the actual struggle. and they focus on the ne- bad parts. And another example, and this is like a, a lesson that I learned like in the last year or two. Um, but it was like, you ever have a quote unquote bad day? Yeah, sure. What part of that do you think was actually bad? Like, if you had to quantify that, like ten percent. That's why I don't think I have bad days. Exactly. You have bad moments in a day, and you let those moments define your day. Mm-hmm. When I have a bad moment, depending on how early it is in the day, maybe you know a newcom worker was really sassy to me <laughs> in the morning. But like, maybe they're also <laughs> the, having the a person bad at day. the copper hood. You mean? No, he's actually kind of nice to me. I, I boyed up fucked. with him. That's fine. Well, he's tight. He's tight with Angel, and so I boyed okay, up with okay, him okay, through okay, that. Fine, but he was fine. really rude to me before that. No, it's the burger line lady. The Dude, burger line. She lady? gives me so much shit. I asked for two patties on the burger one time. Yeah. No one behind me, and she goes, "I can't do that." And I was like, "There's no one here." And she was like, "If I give you one, I have to give. If I give you two, I have to give everyone two. And I was like, "Isn't this an unlimited meal plan? Like you can give everyone two. Like why are you trying to skip me?" You know, I had the I. No, no, I didn't tell you this. I had the strangest experience. So, like this, the the guy at the copper hood, yeah, was talking to the dude in front of me. They yeah. were like, they were like, joshing around, whatever. It seemed like they knew each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came up and I was like, "Hey, how's it going? Um, can I have everything, please?" And he went, <sighs> looked away. I was like, "You have to ask me how I'm doing, how my day going. We have a little conversation, and then I give you your food." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Okay, so uh, how's your day going?" Nah, what do you want? And then, like, <laughs> very, very, like, a, lo- a little sassy, I would say. He, but. He's a jokester, though. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, I, I'm laughing because I know him better. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've had, I've like, he also just, like, has quote-unquote bad days. Yeah. And so he's, like, rude when he has bad <laughs> yeah. days. And he has been rude to me often. And, like, I've just noticed, like, he has, like, he likes the banter. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, I don't think he treats us as, like, like, I, I would do the same thing, but I think he treats us as NPCs. Yeah. Which is, like, yeah, you don't interact you know, with No, I gotcha. Really. He pop-ups, 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 I, I treat most students here yeah. as NPCs. And so I think he's just like, uh, I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want because I can. <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to do about it? Like, yeah. I'm going to give you food one way or another. Do you think Do you think that's a good way of, uh, like, living your life? So do you think that that is a – there are so many people who you're never going to ever interact with ever again. Yeah. Like, going to the supermarket. Yeah. Is it okay if you, like, give them a dirty look or, say or like, make a mistake or, like, do a little – like, a risky thing maybe? Mm. Yes and no. So, so you asked a number of things, like, is it yeah, okay yeah, to yeah. do? A dirty look? No. Unless they really pissed you off. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not going to be like, I'm a saint. Yeah. If you piss me off, I'll, I'll be mean back. But, mm-hmm. like, for the most part, I try to show up and present as, like, a good yeah. person. And, and, like, essentially, the, the golden rule, treat others the way yeah, you want to yeah. be treated. Like, I will do that until you treat me poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, like, you know, like break massive social norms and essentially yeah. make someone feel bad but like if if it's a risk of like people being like that dude is weird or like you know that was stupid of you like if it's if it's essentially like negative infliction upon me yeah fuck it if i'm in a supermarket in like like toledo yeah 
I'm not, I'm not coming back to Toledo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever I, whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more conscious if I'm like in Newcomb. And yeah. I, I know like, you know, yeah. a lot of the people there uh, and like people can remember that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fine. Like I love the concept of just like wiping out, like I don't really believe in the simulation concept, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll be like, it's a simulation. NPCs, it doesn't matter. <laughs> do whatever I want. Yeah. And I'll laugh at myself. I'll be like, that was funny. Like, honestly, yeah. I would look back at myself and be like, that guy was stupid. And that yeah. was funny. Okay. So like, I think I think it's a very interesting concept of seeing what is like your your own kind of reality versus like in your ex- external bubble. I'm trying I'm I'm having a hard time verbalizing this. Yeah. But like but like interacting with people outside of your bubble. Do those inner like you're gonna you're gonna interact with the, that guy in Toledo. Yeah. Right? You're you're gonna go in the grocery store and maybe like <laughs> maybe like. Someone before you go in the grocery store, someone is out there, and then uh, like a girl like falls in the mud, and uh-huh. then like slips, and then like her butt's wet. Yeah. And like, would you ever like laugh? Yeah, I would. A hundred percent. I would do that if I knew the person too. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That's that's one thing about me. I would laugh if something funny happens. Um, but no, like I I think that like say the I'm in Toledo and the guy mm-hmm. is checking me out and I like he says something and I have the opportunity to make a really stupid pun. Yeah. I'll make the pun. Okay. Normally, would I make it? No. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I'm running a 50-50 chance that this guy likes puns and will yeah. laugh at it, and it will make my day if he laughs. Right. Otherwise, I'll so just it's like, worth the risk. It's worth the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like uh, whatever. But embarrassing myself, like those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. If if I have the opportunity to be like, these are NPCs. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I want the chance to try something new or truly be who I am. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. So and I think that it's like it's a nice idea to. Like it, it's if you practice it more with people that are like, okay, they don't matter. I'm never gonna see them again. Mm-hmm. You become more comfortable with the idea of even doing it around people that you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that gives you the practice and even like the potential to even start learning to like just act like who you are and be unapologetic for who, who you, you are. are. Damn. Okay. I like that a lot. Because I, I was I was gonna say how um, if you are not how you truly like. To me, that is kind of having. I would I would say that I have multiple versions of myself. I agree. Um, there are for myself, but not, not yeah, just yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michael, you're two faced. <laughs> um, I feel like no, I feel like two faced is not a good insult, um, because I feel like you have so many different like personalities around different people, mm-hmm. and especially like, my my final question to kind of wrap it up is. Are you in a quest to find your true self, or do you think it's acceptable to not find your true self? Mm, I think I am on a quest to practice being my true self. Okay. Um, to find your true self, I think, is a loaded and potentially dangerous quest, mm-hmm. um, mostly because your true self is probably going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the idea of like. Maybe maybe Two Face is like is still not the right way that I would like to be described as. Right. Like I think Two Face describes an opposites and like yeah. you know we were talking about perception earlier. I think before the podcast started, but we were talking about the idea of like you know being perceived one way and actually truly being that way. Mm-hmm. And you're Two Faced if I was like acting super kind to you and actually hated you. Yeah. That's Two Faced. That's opposites. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is something that I want to be. Right. But being a social chameleon is kind of what I call it. But the idea of like yes, adapting to the people around you ever so slightly. I think that that requires a skill element of still being who you are. I know people who are the extreme of social chameleons and become someone who I know they're not mm-hmm. around certain groups of people. Right. Right. 
that part, like, honestly, I've heard people, like, make fun of them or, like, talk shit about them mm-hmm. or just basically be like, I don't, I don't respect them as much mm-hmm. because they change fundamentally who they are. You can still be who you are. You don't have, like, you can, you know, maybe laugh at some people's jokes yeah. and just to be nice and, like, whatnot. But you can be who you are. Maybe, you know, some your vocabulary changes a little bit. Maybe because I, like, for example, use more slang around the beta guys that the beta guys know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be using, like, say, clown, for example, around people who don't know it. I'm yeah. going to look like yeah. people are going to be like, okay, that didn't have the same effect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe my, my, my vocabulary changes a little bit. Or, um, you know, maybe the, the sense of humor changes mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. Like, maybe my sense of humor is a little bit more intellectual or, like, I make... This is embarrassing, but I make financy jokes around yeah. my like calm finance friends, and yeah. I don't make those jokes around <laughs> anyone else. Right? Those things are different. The way that you talk to adults and the way that you talk to people our age, mm-hmm. very different thing. Right. That is a skill set you should have. But ch- deviating from who you are as a person mm-hmm. um, is is not a respectable thing, and I think that's when you start becoming, say, two faced, for mm-hmm. example. Um, so stay, like you don't want to. So like I'm kind of imagining a a point with a ring around it. You want to. You want to be able to go in either direction, but not be able to break. You break don't out of, break, break that out of that circle. Yeah. yeah, you stay within that, yeah. that radius line. Um, I think that's a great imagery. I hope the, the audience <laughs> yeah, yeah. got that. Um, but no, I I think that that's a great way to put it. Is like you have a, a scope, you have a spectrum, you have you know some abilities to add and, and and take away from from you know they're all within your personality. They're still within you, but maybe you can't be everything all at once, right? Mm-hmm. And and your true self is still in there. Um, and I think that the the desire to find your true self is like a short-term goal. Mm-hmm. Learning to practice, be in touch with, and be your true self should be the best like long-term goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking so long about this because it's actually something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I felt like I had started to become more in touch with who my true self was, becoming more confident in my own personality and in my own identity mm-hmm. last spring, one right. year ago from today. Um, which was actually like my pledging semester. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, and and not to like harp on that, but like I think that it was such a formative experience because it, it really pushes your boundaries and throws you into as many uncomfortable situations, but also mm-hmm. as many social situations as possible. And you kind of like, and one, one reason I kind of look back fondly on it is like, it's one of the few times that you'll like be in the limelight of the entire fraternity yeah. and even people beyond it, right? Mm-hmm. And so like being there, I had a lot of social anxiety at first and I was like, you know, these are a group of guys. I don't know them. Yeah. Who am I going to be? You learn from a lot of them. You And I think that one way that I learned more about who my true self was was, like, there are some people that I really clicked with and some mm-hmm. people that I really didn't. Mm-hmm. And the people that I found myself to be really clicking with, very similar to in a, in a lot of aspects, I got I, I basically got to step outside of the like my own head and be like, oh, they are similar to me mm-hmm. in that respect. Mm-hmm. I possess that trait. Mm-hmm. I like them, and I like that trait in them. And because we're similar in that sense, I actually also like that trait in me. Mm-hmm. And you learn, I, I think that that was huh. like a really good framework for me to like more tangibly start like building like my own identity of, mm. yes, these are things that they embody that I embody. I like this. This is me. Started getting a better self-concept. And then, you know, that ended, time went on, summer yeah. went on. Um, I had like a rough fall semester. And it, oftentimes I find like when I like, you know, go through mental health issues, go through mm-hmm. depression, I'm very anxious, things like that. Mm-hmm. I sent a deviate from my true self my happiest self i i become i go back to like my old like childlike trauma sort of tendencies like those sorts of things freud would love this no i'm sure (laughs) um 
But so I kind of regress and I become someone who I'm not proud of. Someone mm-hmm. who maybe I used to be, but is not my truest self. I'm suppressing, mm-hmm. say, my happiness. And my happiness is one aspect of me. My my optimism, my mm-hmm. uh, altruism, those sorts of things. I suppress those because I'm feeling really anxious and depressed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I felt like I lost touch with that identity over time. That identity is still there and it's come back at times, etc. Mm-hmm. So anyways, all that to say that it's been fluctuating in the past year. And in that time, I've also gotten a year older i've met new people i've changed i've grown i've found new interests Mm -hmm. i you know things change you are a very dynamic person Mm -hmm. uh and i use you broadly but very dynamic person especially at our age we are very impressionable very moldable Mm -hmm. and college is amazing and potentially dangerous for that time because Mm -hmm. of this and so i find that like and, and more recently i you know especially when i have more anxious tendencies you know finals mm-hmm. is a hard time for that i've been like man you know i wish i could go back to how i was my pledging like like mm-hmm. last spring like i wish i could go back and be that person i was super confident i was very happy and i was proud of that person like i i, I felt like i was showing up truly and like the truest self that's my true identity i feel like i've deviated from that mm-hmm. and i had a framework for, for a while of that was my true identity how do i go back and find that person but that was wrong that was my true identity it's not anymore, right? And it's just about mm-hmm. finding, you know, your, your current, your current, current identity and just being that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm having a good mm-hmm. day today, so I'm feeling yeah. that a little bit right yeah. now. <laughs> but like, it, it's just about going back and finding that and just mm-hmm. and just practicing, know, mm-hmm. getting to know yourself and being in touch with that mm-hmm. so that you can show up as your truest self to people every day. Gotcha. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, so th- thank you very much, Aryan, for coming on. And um, remember, you you should try and be your, your truest self possible, whoever that is at that moment. Thank you so much for listening. Have a nice day. Thank you for having me.